0: The M-Store where they're all Grizz all the time.
2: At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
3: The studio Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Thank
1: you, Jim. Although not entirely accurate, Coulter, he's out somewhere chasing the little white ball, or in his case, the bright orange or yellow ball. Kid can't see. It's a tough, tough life, man. But I am happy to be here with you. Hour number two. Appreciate you being along with me here on the big show across the uh state on swx montana montana television and around the world on the World Wide web 1029 espn.com you go there you can listen live on the stream the stream is available all the time including from four to six every mountain uh every afternoon on mountain standard time to listen to this show you can stream it there at the website thanks to opportunity bank opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity and if you'd like to listen on your time, maybe it's the middle of the night, maybe it's early morning, I don't know. Whatever whatever suits you. Go to the podcast. The Two Telling New Ones podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Whenever you get your podcast, rate, review, subscribe, appreciate that. The podcast is available thanks to Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. Uh as we uh, started off the show, the Big Sky Conference football media days, we continue now. We started with the University of Montana and specifically Bobby Hauk, as the coaches were uh, had the floor today. We're on the mics today. We will now move to Montana State and Jeff Choate. Obviously, Montana State phenomenal season last year. They go to the Final Four. They run into NDSU for a second time, and it goes basically the same way, but. Uh, They beat Montana again. They went further than they've gone since 1984 when they won it all in the uh, postseason. It was the the deepest run that they've made since that time. And uh, aside from not having a share of the Big Sky Conference title, I think checked basically every box that they kind of wanted to along the way. It was a phenomenal season uh, for Montana State and for Jeff Choate. And so he was asked this week, about the next step, how do you do better than what you just did?
2: Now, oh, Coach Cho, in each of your first four seasons, your teams have improved. How does Montana State take the proverbial next step this next season?
3: I think it's going to be a real challenge. I mean, we talked about the difficulty of our schedule, and that's a, that's one of the pieces. I think Austin times in this conference, and I think Bruce and Robert both agree, who you play, when you play them, and where you play them has a lot of determining uh, factors in terms of, in terms of how successful your season is going to be. And I think our league more than most is like that. Um, you know, when I was in the SEC, I really felt like it was like that too. Playing Tennessee and Gainesville was a big advantage for us over having to go to Knoxville. And I think it's the same way. <laughs> Playing Portland State in Bozeman is a huge advantage versus going to Portland. And so I think those things play out uh, and, and it speaks to the strength of our league. Um, but we've got to stay the course. I mean, one of the things that concerns me the most right now i don't really think that we were the most physically gifted team over the last couple of years but i do think that we had really good chemistry and we had a toughness about us that allowed us to play a lot of tight games and win a lot of tight games and my concern more than anything isn't the fact that we're not training as consistently as we have or practicing as consistently as we have we're just not around our guys and i think that's kind of the secret ingredient in any great organization is the people and so that's probably my biggest concern for us taking that next step is um, how quickly are we going to be able to reestablish our standards in our culture? It is a good question. And and he makes a
1: good point. I mean, look, when you can't be around your team and the key or or certainly a key, as he said right there to the success at Montana State, is the unity, the cohesiveness, the camaraderie that comes with being all together. Uh, and you, it's it's hard and maybe impossible to develop that without – physically being together you know i mean i don't know how many zoom calls and different things you can do that 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 kind of connect you but it's it's not the same right we all understand There's, there's there's a significant element missing in that not to mention just the time You know, it's one thing to be on an hour-long call. It's another thing to just be hanging out, spending hours in the locker room, hours after practice, doing, you know, eating together. All all of that stuff uh, goes into it. By the way, wanted to mention, again, if you weren't with us at the top, the way this is set up online for the Big Sky Media Days is pre-recorded. Questions came in from the media. Questions came in from fans. There was a representative from the Big Sky Conference reading those questions. And, the coaches went kind of in shifts, but they did it in, in groups. So it wasn't an individual coach one-on-one conversation. So Jeff Choate is in a, a Zoom call, basically along with Rob Fennessy at Idaho state and Bruce Barnum from Portland state. So, uh, you know, it's it, given sometimes the answers, first of all, reference other people, or also it's just worth knowing that there's, they're not just by themselves as they're having these conversations. I think that contextualizes a little bit uh, of what you're hearing. Uh, he talked about taking the next step, but what is the biggest strength of this club going into this season?
3: Well, I hope it's that unity that we talked about a moment ago. I think that's, again, a secret ingredient in this thing, but um, if if you just look strictly at kind of what we have, uh, we returned four of our five starters on the offensive line, three of which I think are legitimate honors candidates, Uh, so I think that's um, definitely our strength. I think we've got an excellent offensive line group returning with a ton of experience, and then on the defensive line, we lost three really good players, Uh, two all-conference players and and another young man that was a major contributor for us. But I I think that that will continue to be a strength for us. I think we've got Amandre Williams coming off the edge, who really started to blossom at the end of last year when UW bounced down. We've got an interior guy named John Clark that uh, started multiple games at the University of Washington. He's a graduate transfer. Uh, Chase Benson, who I think is, over over last season, was, I think, the best interior defensive lineman in our league uh, and consistently performed at a high level. And, uh, and then on the other edge, you know, you, you, you say, hey, how are you going to replace Troy Anderson? Well, we're not, but we've got a lot of depth uh, at the edge positions, so kind of like Daniel Hardy who came in and had a really good tail ended last year, uh, a junior college transfer that we had the luxury of at redshirting last year, Tyson Reginball, and then a fifth-year senior in Kyle Finch. So I like our depth. Um, maybe we don't return as much productivity on the D-line as you might think, but I think we're going to be pretty salty. And then on the O-line, I think we've got – the combination of depth and experience that you want to have there, so we'll probably be able to run the ball. Um, well, we will because we won't try to do anything else, but um, the, the good news is, I think that's going to help us if we get a slow start to the season because we can we don't have to worry about as much about timing and, and the passing game and things of that nature. So, there you go. I don't know, not whether we run the ball, we will be running the ball because there's
1: nothing else to do, right. <laughs> what a comment and also very accurate and also kind of well taken right I mean what suffers in the offense when you can't get out there and play I mean all of it but what suffers the most routes route running timing right quarterback to wide receiver all the, the the chemistry that goes into that the understanding you know where where a guy's going to be how he's going to get there you know running the football yeah there's nuance to it but the end of the day, you turn turn one way or the other and give the ball to the guy. You know, it's it's not overly involved in that respect, at least where you gotta where you gotta figure out a bunch of the timing stuff, the way that you do for a wide receiver. Certainly, there's plenty of timing on running, delaying it a little bit from time to time, doing different shifts, some footwork things of that uh, things like that. But a fair point uh, by Jeff Cho. The other thing that I like there is the question is what's your biggest strength for your team going into this year? As far as I could tell, it was everything, right? Like it was the offensive line is going to be great, defensive line is going to be great. We really like what we got in the secondary. Running backs are strong. Like I mean, all right, well, it's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you like your team. And by the way, he should. He should like his team. I mean, Montana State. Um, you know has is going to have once again a, a dominant offensive line and they have what to me is the best pure running back in the conference and Isaiah Fonseca they got several guys behind him who are going to be uh phenomenal players uh I think and and could have breakout seasons this year spelling him uh and you know again it's a position just like all positions, right? But where depth is so very important.
0: Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place.
1: Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke
0: Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice.
1: One thing that, that you know, Bobby Houck talked about, and this we don't have the sound on this, but discussed, look, you play a lot of football at the FCS level if you're good, right? You go to a national championship game in a normal season, uh, and when I say normal, I mean, in, you know, a non-COVID season, a non-shortened season. You play 15, 16 games. I mean, it's a, it's a borderline NFL regular season you have to have depth at every position. You just have to have it. And the reason that Montana was good when they were good. And I'm paraphrasing coach out here is because when guys went down, because that's the nature of the game, the, 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 the guy that was ready to step up behind him was ready to go. And in some cases, even better <laughs> in some cases took the job because because he was that good. Uh, You got to develop that depth and you got to develop it everywhere. And I think that Montana State, at the places at least where it is, you know, their bread and butter, offensive line, running back, if you're talking about the offensive side, uh, they've done that. And they are deep at running back, man. They are really, really deep at it. And that's what they do. You know, that's their DNA, as Coach Cho likes to say. And and it's one thing to do it, it's one thing to commit to it, and then it's another thing to just execute it, to be able to do it in such a way that you win football games doing it. I mean, anybody can go out, I suppose, and run the ball 50, 60 times in a game. And if you do run it 50 or 60 t- times in a game, you're going to run for 200 yards. That's not going to win you the game. You run for 350 yards? you're probably going to win the football game. And that's what Montana State has been able to consistently do the last couple of seasons as as Coach showed has really gotten this thing to the level and in the place that he wants it to be. He was asked a question also, they're all out there in front of you, about what's the, the biggest game of the year.
3: They're all big, but I think there's one the third week in uh, November that's pretty big in the state of Montana. It's kind of hard to ignore that one. Um, you know, obviously... I think we've got a really tough schedule this year. Go on the road to Portland state, play Rob's team. We've got, uh, uh, an opportunity to play. I think at, uh, at at all three, um, uh, Weber state at Eastern Washington and at Montana. So the road stretch is going to be what's most challenging for us.
1: And he's right about that. I think it's at Eastern at Weber at Montana. Uh, not necessarily in that order. Of course, Montana is last, but, uh, That's those are outside of Montana State, those are the next three best teams in the conference according to both polls preseason. Okay. So you'd say what you want about, you know, Eastern or whatever, but they they're they're getting that respect anyways, coaches and 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 media uh that's tough i mean not just to play all three but to play all three of them at their place that's a tough schedule and uh it's going to be a, a difficult one to get through uh, for msu uh, for sure but come on now we know what the biggest game is right <laughs> i mean you know, ask that's coming what the second biggest game is we know what the dang biggest game is there's no there's never a doubt Stu Tellingewanus, 1029 ESPN Radio. Again, Big Sky Conference football media days uh, was today. It'll be today and tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll hear from the players, but today it was the coaches in the pre-recorded virtual version of the media days. Normally, Coulter and I would be in uh, Spokane right now, hanging out uh, downtown at the hotel, doing the show from some outpost, some corner room that we could find. But instead, uh, we you know get to be well. I'm here. He's off doing whatever he's probably you know he's off whatever he wants to do. Vacation day on Big Sky Media Day is kind of the decision making is that. Anyhow, uh, Coach Choate, continuing on the Cat Grizz theme, uh, was asked about, uh, about beating the Grizz. The question is included. It's important to understand now, this question is for Jeff Choate, but the first voice that you're going to hear, perhaps not surprisingly after the question is asked, is that of Portland State head football coach Bruce Barnum.
2: Now, Coach Cho, having won the last four rivalry games against Montana, what do you think it will take for you to beat the Grizzlies again this upcoming season?
1: Wait, can I record this one, Mary <laughs> I've got record
2: it recorded. Coach
1: <laughs> I
3: think it's, it's, it's a pretty simple recipe for our success in those games. And if you look at it, I think we've come close to 400 yards rushing in each one of those. And so I think just consistently doing what we do, Regardless of the scoreboard, we were down 22 in Missoula two years ago, and we didn't change what we did a whole lot. Uh, we were able to complete a couple passes down the down the, uh, the sideline. But, I mean, every team's different. Every situation's different. I'm sure they're hungry to, to get back on the good side of the column up there in Missoula. And, uh, for us, we're you – know, right now, quite honestly, that seems like a 1,000 miles away. Um, I'm, I'm hoping we can get back to working out on Monday. That's what I'm hoping. Um, and so, you know – I mean, I know this is going to be the, the the theme for that we're moving forward with, but quite honestly, um, we'll worry about them when we get to them. I hope we get to them. That's what I hope. Uh, and uh, and if we do, you know, we got a pretty good pretty good blueprint for how to take care of it.
1: And if we do, we got a pretty good blueprint for how to take care of it. Well, he's right. Yeah, you rush for 400 yards in a game, probably you're going to win that game, whether it's a rivalry game or not. And yes, uh, yes. Coach Barnum, you can record this. It's okay. It's out there for everybody. You can take that question and answer session and uh, and enjoy it. Of course, Bobby Houck, if you missed it at the top, said, "The uh, how do you get this momentum to shift back to Mont to Montana to Missoula?" He said, "Well, it's already done." <laughs> I love it. These two guys just just dropping little, not even that little, just dropping bombs in there. You know, back and forth. So we go 365 days a year. Uh, one of the things that Jeff Choate, I think, is exemplary at as a, as a head coach is connecting to his players. Uh, he has made that an established and crucial part of of what he is, is building, has built at Montana State. Maybe it seems obvious, but I don't think that it is. In fact, I think that people would be surprised at how infrequent it is that the head coach, the head coach, is – involved directly in a meaningful way with a significant number of players on his team. The head coach and we say this all the time because I think there's a lot of truth to it is is the CEO, right? I mean he's doing all kinds of things additional to and uh, apart from coaching football, okay? He is he is doing media, he is doing uh 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 you know GSA, you know, scholarship stuff, talking to uh, donors, all of that. He's the one who's got to get out there and and, kind of deal with not so much the scheduling, but some of that stuff in on those conversations. He's administering the coaches, right? He's coaching the coaches. And so there's a lot less time, first of all, directly that the head coach normally is going to spend with a player than what the positional coach is spending. And also... I think coaches, because they make decisions about who's playing and who's not playing, and and, and there's a 100 guys on a football team, a lot of times decide that maybe it's just too big a bite or maybe it's easier to have a certain arm's length distance from a lot of guys. Certainly you assume there's a couple of guys that you develop a special relationship with over the course of four or five years that they've been in a program if, if the coach remains and, and they're there all together. But I think there's a lot more distance than people think when it comes to coaches and their players uh uh in in, in college football. Not for Jeff Cho. Jeff Cho has made a point of it that not just him, but everybody needs to connect. Everybody needs to be tied in. And look, everybody's not going to have the same relationship or spend the same amount of time. It's a, a whole lot of people we're talking about. You're talking about you know, with the coaches and everybody else. you are about 115 men all together for five or six months. Believe me, there's going to be plenty of headbutting and some, you know, guys who connect and other guys who maybe don't connect as much. Whatever, but he's made that the the, the stalwart of the program. Right, that we are going to not just pay lip service to the brotherhood, to the family act aspect of this, but this is what we're going to do. You're going to come over to my house for dinner, okay? You're going to do, you know, uh, we're, we're spending time together and we're going to learn about each other and all that. I think it's the right way to go. And uh, I, I, I think that it pays dividends on the field, although, ironically, if you're doing it for that, I think people see through that, right? Like, of course, everything you do with your football team as a coach is geared towards winning, but also, if you're having people over to dinner, not because you want them there, but just because you want to win football games, there's a certain inauthenticity to that, it seems. I don't think that's the case with Jeff Cho. In any case, right now, it's not all that easy to connect, is it? So he was asked about that aspect of this scenario, of this point in time, and what he's been able to do to try and connect with his players.
3: You know, it's kind of been, I imagine all of us are pretty similar. We've we've relied on technology like we're using right now. Um, But then there's been some things. I think our assistant coaches have been amazing. I know uh, my son plays for, plays linebacker for us and his position coach, Bobby Daly, was, they had a film critique of the Tiger King that kind of kept the guys engaged a little bit. Uh, I know one of our other assistant coaches did a scavenger hunt. um, And so they've they've kind of, you know, tried to just do some some fun things like that to, um, you know, a contest of, Sending pictures within their group chat of what their workout is for that day, and just some things to try to connect these guys and motivate them. Um, I, I I think this has been the hardest job I've ever had. Uh, to be honest with you, um, you know, people are like, "Well, what are they? Are going to pay you guys if they if they don't play?" And I'm like, "They ought to pay us more." I mean, this is this is dang hard. It's way easier to connect with human beings um, when you're when you're in front of them. And uh, to get a pulse on what's going on with your team when you're around them on a consistent basis. And um, I don't want to speak for the other guys, but I, I think this has been a huge challenge just in terms of keeping a kind of that, that grasp of what your guys need at that moment when you're not around them. And our primary job is to make sure that we meet the basic needs of our student athletes, food, shelter, and safety. And, and we, want to, uh, we want to do that. And it's way easier to do when we're around them and can connect with them. So uh, I think we've all gotten creative, but I think that's probably been the most challenging part of this time. So there you go. Um, yeah, pay him more.
1: <laughs> I get what he's getting at, but it is a funny. Comment oh, given everything that's been going on. Uh, we will hear more uh, from Bobby Houck and Jeff Choate after this, uh, specifically as it pertains to uh, the racial injustice, social uh, social justice that's been going on in this country uh, over the past couple months. Certainly within the realm of sports, it has been a major uh, a point of emphasis, a major consideration, and it is stark. It is stark the way these two coaches are handling it, the differences with which they're handling it. It. So we will get into that uh, after this. By the way, for what it's worth, the New York Yankees and the Washington Nationals are playing baseball. The Yankees in the top of the first inning are up 2 nothing. We are now in the bottom of the first, but they scored to Giancarlo Stanton with Aaron Judge on base, 459 feet to center field. Bombs away first at bat. A two-run dinger for Giancarlo Stanton. The Yankees starting the way that people kind of thought they would against Max Scherzer. My goodness. So there you go. 2 nothing as they play in the bottom of the first inning again. We will send you out to the nation's capital uh, for this game in progress as soon as we're done here. But more from Jeff Choate and Bobby Howe right after this.
2: At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
1: back to and Juan one is one nine ESPN radio SWX Montana television also on Twitter you can follow along there at Gus to tell at one oh two nine ESPN at Skyline Sports MT uh, those are your relevant Twitter handles good to be with you yes we left the break it was two nothing Yankees off a of Giancarlo Stanton 459 home run but Adam Eaton gets in the mix for the Washington Nationals. He hits a home run of his own, a solo shot, 405 feet, 406 feet, something like that, not as far, so that it's not worth as many points. That's how it works, right? 2-1, Yankees, as they uh, have completed the first inning of baseball at Nationals Park. Um, again, it's been, Big Sky Conference Media Days has been going on uh, today and tomorrow. Uh, for football. Normally this takes place in Spokane in person, but instead uh, they've done it virtually for obvious reasons. And there's been a lot of talking points that were sort of the the way they worked through these in asking the coaches questions. They started with football questions, football-related questions from the media, then moved on to issues and questions regarding coronavirus, COVID-19, and everything that has gone on with that. And then they went into questions regarding social justice and racial equality. Now, that's obviously been a major talking point, issue, point of focus in this country for the last couple of months, and it has been certainly in the world of sports. And it is stark, the two different ways these coaches are handling it, I'll tell you this, one of them's right, and one of them's not.
4: Well, we talked to our team and and within our staff extensively, both in uh, larger and smaller groups, and you know, what a couple of things, and, and I'm going to second mostly what Chris and DeMario said, but we're trying to educate our players on how to be uh, strong, positive leaders for their generation. Uh, And strong and positive are two key words in that. We also want to educate them on where they're getting their information, whether it's accurate. And then we also want them to be stand-up people when they see some other person uh, in their sphere of influence doing something wrong is to call them on it. And really, if they're doing something right, call them on that, too, and let them know. But I'm a real firm believer that, uh, well, first of all, everybody in this day and age seems to have an opinion. And they also seem to think we want to hear it. And I think opinions are, are not worth a whole bunch, Actions speak. And so, as Chris said, we're going to follow people's actions and, and try to lead through example in our program.
1: Now, here's the thing. Everything that Bobby Houck said there is fine. It's all true and it's all good, but when the question is, "What kind of conversations have you had with your team regarding racial equality and social justice?" You didn't address that at all. Didn't say a single word about race, racism, systemic injustice, the even even something like the melting pot that f- a football team is and can be. None of it. He just completely circumvented the entire question and talked about strong, positive leaders doing the right thing, but not saying what the right thing is to do when asked about it. He was asked about it even more poignantly. Here's, here's how that sounded.
2: Coach Hawk, what about you? How have you supported your African-American athletes and let them have a voice in this important time?
4: Well, we support all our athletes, not just our, our black kids. Um, we love them all equally, and we've just tried to educate them on the right way to do things.
1: So that's it. Love them all equally and educate them on the right way to do things. I mean, I don't even know what that means. I don't, I don't know what that means. The right way to do what? And from the first time that this was addressed publicly, every, just about every coach that you hear talk about this addresses at the minimum the need and the importance of racial equality, of fair and equal treatment, and certainly within the realm of sports, the benefit that it can be. You get none of that, none of it, from Bobby Houck. On the flip side of that coin is Jeff Choke, who was not even asked about it, was asked about the offensive line. Listen to this.
2: Montana State is known for having a balanced attack on offense. Talk about how an offensive lineman like Lewis Kidd helps pave the way for the plays to
3: happen. He's a kid that came here actually as a defensive lineman. And one of the things, it was funny, when I worked for Muschamp at Florida, all of our D-line, all of our redshirt freshman O-line did all their individual with the D-line. And I asked him, I'm like, what's the deal here? And he says, well, you know, they learn to strike. I mean, you teach offensive linemen, a lot of times they're going backwards. They're retreating. And I want these guys to learn to bite as young kids. And I thought it was an interesting approach. And we've kind of taken some of that here. And Lewis is one of a several offensive linemen that started out their career on the defensive side of the ball for us, and in transition. And I think it helps their aggressive. It, Lewis is a great big kid who's got a ton of physical tools. I mean, he's got all the measurables. Very bright. Was elected as a team captain, and I think he's uh, he's stepped really seamlessly into in a different way into the role that Lewis uh, or that uh, that Mitch Broad had for us a year ago in terms of the kind of the alpha in the room. And he's got some good lieutenants, guys like Connor Wood and Zach Red and Taylor Sopo uh, Jake Sessions, there's guys around him that I think prop him up. And I think that's been one of the reasons why he's stepped into such a positive role. You know, one thing I wanted to add here, cause I know we're getting short on time and I just wanted to throw this out here. Cause I think this is important to talk about, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the COVID thing and all that, you know, 35% of my roster are African-American young men too. And I think that it's important for us to not forget that um, as challenging as things are right now, there's another layer for a certain portion of our rosters that are really important to discuss, and I hope that doesn't get lost in the discussion. I know that's something that I'm sure Rob and, and, uh, and Bruce spend a lot of time counseling those young men, making sure that they're doing good, because it's a really confusing and difficult time for them. And I think the more that we can do to support them, that's important. I know the Big guys had some initiatives along those lines, but I just wanted to make sure I talked about that for a moment. So Jeff Choate,
1: after answering the question he was asked about the offensive line of his own accord, knowing that time is short, wants to make sure that he addresses this. He didn't spend a ton of time on it. He wasn't even asked a question about it, but did go on the record to say, this is important. One third of my roster is black. These kids are going through a very difficult time. We're all going through a difficult time, but even more so uh, in certain respects for them. And, we're here to support them, and we and 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 we're going to ensure that this continues, that this conversation continues, that this opportunity to grow continues. And Bobby How won't won't even say, or hasn't even said, racism. You know, racial equality is important. the The, the locker room is a place where we are going to support our black players, the kids who come here, no, just says, yeah, we love all our players equally and try and do the right thing. And I think that it's, it's a complete miss. It's a complete miss. He has an opportunity and a platform and I think a responsibility to address this directly. Not to say we all just do the same thing. Unless... He doesn't want to. I mean, clearly he doesn't want to. He's had every opportunity to do it. But when you overlay these two in the state of Montana, the way that they handle this issue, which is on the forefront of what's happening in America, and it's not just happening in America, it's happening in their programs, in their locker rooms. I think there's a right way to address it and a wrong way to address it. If there's a right way to go about, in fact, ensuring that the minority uh, 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 ethnicities on your team, the players of non-white backgrounds, are taken care of in a way that not taken care of in 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 a in like a physical sense, housing, food, that sort of thing. That's all together. I get that, but are ensure that they are in a good place, that they have an opportunity to express themselves to say what they feel and that it's a two-way street. And that's where the growth happens. And, and at least what we hear, what we see, is happening at Montana State and not in Montana. That's the impression that you get. And I think that's disappointing. I think that's disappointing. It's 2 Telling New Orleans two ninety SPN ESPN Radio. What isn't disappointing is that Major League Baseball is being played, that there's a new hockey team in Seattle that has a name. It's the Kraken. They got it right, very, very right. That Washington is going to be the Washington football team this season, which I have a feeling SportsCenter is going to have a field day with that. Calling them the Washington football team. I like Kenny Main is probably going to have some good lines for us on that. We'll recap where we're at. That and more next during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf and nobody better than western birch to get your round started right Two Telonuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Thursday afternoon as we roll you into your weekend. That's right, I said it because, you know, come on now. Friday? I mean, I'm not saying it's a throwaway day, but it's a throwaway day. It is. This is the last real day, isn't it? Thursday? Uh, Boys and girls, if you missed anything in the show, you can listen on the podcast. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen all the time, anytime you'd like. To Tell Nguana's podcast, rate, review, subscribe on all your favorite platforms. It is there thanks to Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. A couple of things from the Twitter machine. Uh, First of all, one question here uh, that comes to us. Uh, who had the better background Choate or Houck? Well no question is now we're talking about the big Sky media days they were done remotely. Uh, this is from Celtic Moose 33 uh, uh, Bobby Houck had hands down the better background. He was uh, on a deck looking out at the lake and uh, Jeff Choate I don't know where he was exactly but he was in he was in a room. You know, inside you had you, bobcats or, you know, cats kind of, uh, not really a poster, but kind of a, a thing. You know, I don't know what to tell you. A plaque, I don't know what to call it. Up, uh, look nice, but look, you know, I mean, you're going to do better than sunshine, trees, mountains, and a lake? No, no. I mean, how had the best background of anybody in this whole thing? So that's for sure. By the way, uh, this also I appreciate from Act... Max R. Harrison, I was trying to think earlier the name of the arena that the Seattle Kraken are going to be playing, formerly key arena. Climate Pledge Arena. That's right, Climate Pledge Arena. It's going to be, or the goal is for it to be the first uh, net carbon zero building of its kind, whether it's full business building or arena for, for events and things like that. So there you go. That's the name uh, of the building over there. Uh, Reese, you were playing, what were you playing there? I heard i uh, uh, uh welcome to the jungle looking guns the jungle. and roses right okay, yep. I'm not that that dumb that I don't know that it's not guns and roses now, what level of excitement were you having for the guns and roses concert that was supposed to be uh, coming to Missoula?
5: I was actually really excited. I was uh, actually gonna
1: be working it, but oh, you were gonna be on that side of that yep. Thing, huh? now what day what day that was supposed to be like last week or something, right? I thought it was in August. Was it August? I think okay, it was late August. The day. Okay. Now, is there, has there been any movement on that thing in terms of, has it been just fully canceled? Is it rescheduled? Do we know what's going on? Uh, I'm not
5: 100% certain. I do know uh, a band like Tool canceled theirs so their fans can get their money back right. instead of just rescheduling. I don't know what Guns N' Roses has done.
1: Um, I mean, I don't know what Guns N' Roses has done either. My impression is that they didn't cancel for that very reason, right? Just keep it on. Just keep keep the money in the bank, and we will come over there at some point. I hope – I mean, I hope they come I wasn't, uh, you know, planning on attending, but, you know, it's a thing. It's an event. When – when you're working it, don't you do like lighting and stuff? Isn't that your thing?
5: I kind of get passed around wherever. I prioritize lighting, but I've done sound, carpentry. But while the show's actually going on, do you have anything to do? I typically run spotlight. Sometimes I'm backstage.
1: Okay, so you're actually okay. You're actually part of like the production of this in some way. Correct. Who? Have, who other? What other shows have you done? Uh, I started with
5: Pearl Jam. That was my first show. Pretty good first show, man. I won't complain other than
1: the hours and the heat. It was it was that they took the ingress for that show was eternal, and I think they delayed the start of the show because there was still like thousands of people outside of Washington Grizzly while they were trying to get that thing going. But uh what what did you do for it?
5: Um, I just helped set up the staging, the flooring on but the stage.
1: During the show.
5: During the show, I was actually up top near where all the trucks were. I was getting Mm. some of the stuff loaded back into the trucks.
1: Okay, so you've already begun the breakdown while the concert is happening. There
5: were twenty seven (laughs) trucks. There were quite a few.
1: There there were there were quite a number, weren't there. Okay, what else?
5: Um first one that comes to my mind is I ran Spotlight and set up Steve Miller at the brewery. That's a good one. That was fun. I've done Luke Bryan,
1: Luke Combs. How do you how do you get into this? Because you did this at all at Big Sky, didn't you? Because you were doing all the things for theater and everything like that, all the stage and all that? That's
5: I did theater in high school, and that kind of tied into it.
1: Cause but it's not really lights. That's what you're telling me. You, you can tell me. It's okay. You can look at me and say, to tell you don't know what you're speaking about. Please stop with this. You would not be the first person to say those words to me.
5: I will say this. Theater did help a lot with the the concerts and everything. There's a lot of terminology and the equipment I worked with. It was very similar, if not the same.
1: Who's your favorite band?
5: That's, That's a tough one. I think for me it has to change depending on what I'm listening to. Okay. But first one that always comes to mind is Tom Petty. Okay. Or the scorpions they're always on top of my list
1: i i think you've chosen very well uh you kind of defeated my next question though with tom petty uh now let's say let me just let, let's say your current favorite band it doesn't matter who it is comes to town and you get the the you know the the, the green light that you're going to go help out and do the thing is there a point at which you just, middle of everything, drop all your responsibilities. I don't care if I get fired. I'm going down there. I'm going to be, I'm going to attend this concert. I don't care if the spotlight is shooting off into the sky.
5: Unfortunately, I would not do that just because I was always taught protect your show. One thing Tommy has always vouched for as well is even if you've got one thing you want to do, you do the job assigned to you.
1: You know, God bless you, Reese. That's why you're here, keeping the show on the rails, much as I'm trying to get you to, to, to say publicly that you will leave your job and you won't do that. That was what I'm, you know, That's what I'm trying to accomplish here. You're not helping me any on this.
5: I do my best. I get you on the air. I don't always answer the questions how you want.
1: Okay. Reese, thank you. I appreciate that. Top of the third inning, they're playing baseball. Two one still. They both those uh, all three of those runs scored in the first inning. We're now in the top of the third inning. No outs. One runner on for the New York Yankees. Uh, New York Yankees as they play the first baseball game of the season. Again, we will send you out to Washington Nationals Park uh, as soon as uh, we're finishing up here, just in a couple of minutes, and then Dodgers, Giants on ESPN Television. Uh, following that one, I'm excited about this baseball season. For the, first of all, obvious reason, it's a sport that's happening, okay? We all understand that. I have never advocated, and I I don't see anything happening in this 60-game season that's going to change my opinion about being against shortening the season. Or at the very least... Look, whether you want to have the season at a certain length, you know, shorten it or lengthen it, at, at, at a certain level, I'm kind of indifferent. I like it at 162 games because of the consistency with the historical figures. I understand that it wasn't always 162 games, so there's like eight additional games starting in whatever year it was. I don't I don't know. I don't know what year it went from, from uh, 154 to 162, but... In any case, it's been 162 for a long time. I like keeping it that way for the comparison's sake. That said, especially with everything that happened in the steroid era, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, comparisons are always already very hard to come by, even though that is the lifeblood of the history of baseball. But what, what I will never be convinced of is that somehow shortening the season will make it more interesting to fans, at least in the way that we're talking about. If you shorten it, though— to 60 games. 60 games, which we've got now. Is it more interesting? I'm on the fence on that. It's almost short enough and especially cuz they play every single day. You know, you don't have to wait a week for the next game. That it is it is more interesting because all of a sudden you're going to look up and it's going to be next Thursday and your team is going to be 6 games into you know a tenth of the way through their season so in that respect i do think it 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 adds a little bit it adds an element that way that said i don't know anyone show me one person even at 60 games even at a third of the number of games is going well now i can watch them all Right now I can watch every game. I mean, there's some people that are watching every game, even when it's 162 games. OK, so those people can just join their own insane asylum over here on the left. OK, but I'm talking about people don't go, well, now that it's just 60 games. Now I got the time to stop at what I'm doing and turn this on for three or four hours every day for the next two months. It's great to have it because you can look at it if you got nothing else to do. That's what baseball is there for. And, yes, occasionally you tune in because it's a game that you care about. It's a team that you care about. You just want to watch some baseball, whatever it is. And then it's the playoffs, and then you're locked in, okay? But this right here, the reason it's a big deal is because we haven't had anything. I believe the Elias Sports Bureau said today we're 100 I – I, I I'm not going to get the number exactly right – 100-plus days since the last major professional sporting event was played. And that is the longest stoppage in the history of what they've been tracking. They've been playing sports in America, okay? So that is why I think the vast majority of people are pumped up about this. And I do think that despite all the acrimony and, I will say, stupidity of the arguments that were being had between the owners and the players, specifically falling on the owner's side here, that being the stupidity, Uh, that now that that is water under the bridge and now you know all the fans have moved on, they don't really care that the owners are still just greedy, grumbling, whatever, they got their baseball back. And by the way, I'm among that group. I'm not judging anybody. I'm happy, okay? They got it done first. It matters. It was crucial for baseball to be on before basketball starts in a week's time. And I'm pumped up about the NBA, but here's something that I noticed. The NBA is coming. People talking about it, the bubble and everything like that. The Major League Baseball, since it announced it was returning, because it was happening first, got so much more run. And they have six or seven days that they get to be the show. And then it will be basketball spotlight. It will be basketball spotlight again. But they have made hay. They could have made more, a lot more. But they have made hay in terms of getting on, having a game. And I'll be very interested to see what the totals turn out to be in terms of listens. Views, people who tune into these two games tonight across the country. I mean, you got big time teams, some big time names playing baseball, and it's the only thing going. Can they take advantage of it? Do people? Will people tune into it? I think they will. I certainly am going to. I got it recorded. I am going to have it on the phone. I am going to do the whole thing with it, and uh, I, I, I think that it's going to be great. I also don't think that just because it's a third of the season that it triples the value of every game. It's still, it's just, I understand like the idea there, but it's just one game and you just got 60 left to play. That's the deal. It's not worth more or less in relation to the value of an entire year. Is just one sixtieth. okay? We could just stick with the math on that and not overthink this thing about going off over into, uh, you know, overlaying it on an actual season because it ain't an actual season at the end of the day boys and girls good to be with you on this Thursday the players going to take the mics for the Big Sky Conference Media Days tomorrow Uh, we will bring you sound from them Uh, certainly we will also reveal the all-conference teams the preseason all-conference teams both offensive and defensive player of the year and then positionally the all-conference teams so looking forward to that on a Friday and guess what We'll have some scores to report to you. I'll tell you that Giancarlo Stanton hit the first home run of the Major League Baseball season again tomorrow. It'll be a great time. Appreciate you being with us here today. to tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. It's finally
0: starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom bobcat